Welcome to the Red Pill Show with Satoshi. Um, we've broken it up into three episodes. This is part two. I hope you're gradually digesting it and doing a bit of your own research. If you have any unanswered questions, Satoshi's uh, agreed to come back on again. But this is there's more to come. Let him crack on for now. To explain how you're going to explain now how to identify a, a network for currency that's decent and what it requires. To yeah, be yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, so in order to uh, commoditize a network, it has to go through the, the process of commoditization, and that is having a, a common starting point, which. Uh, which requires a common opportunity, a common and equal opportunity for everyone and everyone to start the network themselves. And then it requires yeah, probably about, about 10 years worth of, uh, of neutral organic growth without any central point of influence to get, the, to get the network growing in order for it to be classified as a commodity. But uh, while it's going through that process of commoditization, it must maintain these five elements that you've got listed there of commoditization to be a digital commodity. So first of all, the network must be economically competitive because without competition, you simply get collusion and centralization. So uh, there is no middle ground here. A network is either centrally controlled or it's economically competitive, uh, which means it has to have an asset that that those who are sustaining the network compete for, um, which is Bitcoin. Uh, secondly, the users of the network must have, they must be equally accountable to one another. So in other words, they're accountable to each other rather than a central controlling entity. And this is done through a chain of digital signatures where you can literally trace absolutely everything. Although the amount of resources that actually go into uh, tracing a transaction would be absolutely huge. So uh, the crime would have to fit the amount of time and resources that it would take to track something down because you would have to you would have to somehow trace you know millions of transactions millions single-handedly one by one to try and find the one transaction that was actually related to uh, some criminal criminal activity but chain of signatures is really important uh, for common accountability Thirdly, there needs to be a locked protocol so that no one can change it, no one controls it. A protocol is just simply the the foundation that the digital network is built on. So houses are built on foundations, digital networks are built on protocols. If If that's locked, no one can change it, no one controls it, therefore it's common to everyone. Fourth, there must be unbounded scale so that limitations and restrictions can't be manufactured and therefore the network not be manipulated. And this is done by an uncapped block size, meaning an unlimited amount of data can fit into a 10 minute window before one of the miners finds SHA-256 and a new block is created. And then last of all, you simply have to have a fixed supply of the economic asset so that nobody can either inflate it or deflate it. Mm. And that's it. Yeah. They all use SHA-256 hash, don't they? But the point is that, if I'm right, BSV is secure, it's not centralised, whereas, and it it isn't part of the SegWit infiltration. 
I'm right. So it doesn't matter what they use. They can pretend it's secure because it's encrypted, like WhatsApp supposed to be, but it isn't really. Mm. Yeah, so SHA-256 there <clears throat> is just simply used for um, for encrypting your data when it's being uploaded so that the miners can't see it. So they, they don't know what it is. Mm. So they can't, they can't stop it from being uploaded. Uh, but it's also used for economic competition because the the there is, for example, uh, a lottery. Um, if oh, let me see how to describe it, so a SHA two fifty six is a huge number, and if you don't have very many, if you don't have a lot of hash rate on the network, it will take too long to find. So what they can do is they can they can reduce what they call the the difficulty adjustment so that SHA-256 uh, can be competed for and found approximately every 10 minutes, which mm. means a new block of data can then be created every 10 minutes. So mm. it just means that they, it just means that all the data on the network can be archived and referenced and located. When they brought SegWit in 2017, they reckoned, they presented Seemingly, it seems an excuse that I'm going to make it faster by removing the signature. Did it actually make it any faster? No. No, I didn't think so. <laughs> and the BSV blocks, formerly the original Bitcoin, are massive, aren't they? Massive by comparison. Oh, yeah, in, enormous. So whereas, um, whereas BTC... Um, restricted the block size to one megabyte. And the reason they did that is because when they segregated the digital signatures from the transaction data, it means that the users of the network are now no longer holding themselves accountable. So you have to ask yourself where, if somebody was to upload a naughty image of a child, where does accountability lie? So if it's not with the users, then it's with the developers and maintainers of the network. And so they realized that if somebody was to upload a naughty image of a child on the network, they were just like, whoa, we're on the hook for this. So let's let's make sure that nobody can upload an image. And that's why they restricted the block size. And we're seeing examples of this in potential new acts of parliament against the Internet and holding different social media companies responsible for content when they might say we're only publishing and yeah, so it's censorship in a way, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, so this is this is why uh, a chain of digital signatures is really important. So that at the end of the day, um, if the crime is worth the time, it can be traced. But if yeah. you're just a, if you're just a good individual and you are using this commodity to pay for your shopping, your groceries, for filling your car up, for going on holiday, you're not breaking any laws. You're not doing anything that's detrimental to society. No, yeah. nobody cares what you do. You are living in the private, you know, mm. but if somebody is being naughty, then there has to be a way of tracking them. And again, this is why the New World Order don't want it, because they are the biggest criminals on the planet. They will be traced. They are the ones who are involved in child trafficking, gun running, drug dealing, you name it, everything. And that's why they don't want this network, because they will be found out. I agree with you. I'd mm. like to mention a list of names, but we better not. <laughs> yeah.
I'm getting into trouble. Into but, haste. But truth is no the usual suspects. Yeah. yeah. Oh, don't go there. Don't go there. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, is it a route out of that central bank digital currency potentially? Or just that'll come in anyway, won't it? But could we? Have- well, um, well, in order in order to run a central bank digital currency, um, it would need to run on a network that doesn't have any central point of authority or control. So, in other words, a CBDC would have to run on a commoditized network. So, really, <clears throat> the only network that can actually support a CBDC is BSV. And if a CBDC is on BSV, it means that it can't be programmed. It can't, yeah, it can't be but, programmed. But, 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 but then they're not going to put it on BSV. I know a lot of a lot of data could be commoditized, made secure, moved across to BSV, but there's no way we'll get governments to move across to BSV, is it? With with if they're bringing out their what they're calling it here, Bitcoin potentially, they're never going to say, right. Um, Okay, so they bring in the minimum payments, stay in your neighbourhoods and all these restrictions. And now you've got your Bitcoin that expires in four weeks, potentially. We don't know. As, as long as you've had enough jabs. And if you haven't had enough jabs, you don't get it anyway. We don't know, but it's all up in the air. It's all potential. It's all oncoming tyranny to me. Mm-hmm. How... Do we expect our government, for example, in the UK, to take their central bank digital currency and export it onto BSV? They're never going to do that, are they? So where's that well, lead? Well, yeah, but if 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 they are legitimate and the CBDC they're bringing out is legitimate and doesn't have any nefarious intentions, what excuse do they have for not putting it on the network? It's part of the nefarious, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the only reason, the only excuse well, that they could give for not wanting it on there is because they want it for nefarious purposes. And again, you know, this is going to catch them out. Why would you not put it on this network? We want, you know, if they're going to bring in a CBDC, like a stable coin for want of a better word, the only network that can support it is BSV. And if they mm. put it on BSV, they cannot program it. They cannot control it. And therefore, it is a genuine CBDC. So in other words, if they're going to bring out a CBDC, we should encourage the government to put it on BSV. And then we know we're safe, even if we use it. Yeah, yeah. So when's it going to... Right, there's... Well, there's a couple of questions. Uh, I think it's April next year, there's a halving reward. Do we expect to see a rise in the currency by then? By earlier, when industry starts moving data across for mm. security purposes, how long are we? Are we looking at two years, five years, ten years? Uh, so there are some very significant dominoes coming very soon. Uh, the first one actually um, hit a couple of days ago, probably actually just a day ago, yesterday. So the, the, the BSV transaction volume hit an all new time high world record. So Ethereum and XRP, which are known for being used and being uh, transacted, 
their networks cannot scale. They are limited to approximately 1 million transactions per second, uh, 1 million transactions over a 24 hour period. BSV yesterday hit 127 million transactions in 24 hours, meaning that the volume of transactions on BSV were 127 times more than on, BS, than on XRP and Ethereum. And so the, the moment that that knowledge starts getting out, people are then going to start asking questions. How can BSV scale? Because none of these other networks can. So that that's huge. And that only happened yesterday. So you just wait for the you wait for the news of that to start trickling out. It's so massive. If anybody's gonna buy BSV, then need to buy a bit pretty damn quick. Yeah, potentially. But it's up to them because we don't give financial advice here. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, the other, and the other thing is that, well, if that is economically sustained and therefore even more transactions come on the network, people are then going to start asking, what can I use this network for? And the moment the utility value is recognized on the network, that is when education starts catching up with speculation and the speculative prices soon start to match their fundamental values because the values will be seen in their utility, which is their usefulness. So if something is useful, it's valuable. If something is useless, it's worthless. So this is a very, very clear demonstration of its utility value. So like I said, just wait till this information starts trickling out. And this is just the beginning. And this started yesterday. It started yesterday. So it's only going to get better from here. And hopefully we'll expose them and bring an end to their shenanigans yeah and then uh, and then also we've got the um we've got the uh the copa copa versus craig Wright on the 15th of january next oh year. who who was it against it, it it did mention on something i watched that they were after him um who was it called who so was it's c-o-p-a copa c-o-p-a yeah, versus for, versus Craig Wright. Corporate is a country, is it? A, a corporation, I mean. Uh, it's actually a, an acronym. It stands Ac for Crypto Open Patent Alliance. Patent Alliance. Yeah, and that's in January. Did you say? Yeah, it starts on January. Scheduled scheduled for January fifteenth. <clears throat> and he should win that, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, I mean, I, I've already seen his uh, tax records in 2009 when he when he registered the tax filing for Bitcoin. Oh, they're going for him for tax, are they? Trying to. No, no. No. <laughs> All it is, is he, um, <clears throat> he registered his tax return with the Australian tax authorities in 2009 with Bitcoin listed on it. So oh. how many people, how many people do you know? list their tax returns in 2009 for Bitcoin when Bitcoin was only started on the 3rd of January 2009. Well, that helps prove his case. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. What the idiot's trying. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean... Stupid is as stupid does. <laughs> I'm absolutely running scared. <laughs> Hoping for a corrupt court. Well, they're available, I understand. Um... Yeah, some people call me, uh, you don't know this, uh, Tushi, but I don't mind sharing it. 
Um, some people refer to me as a uh, gamekeeper turned poacher. I'm, I'm, oh, ex, yeah. I'm ex-cop. Right. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Oh, I couldn't do that job now, to be fair. I couldn't. You just you, Corporate instruments, really. And, you know, when, at least when I were doing it, I was genuinely trying to help people. And you couldn't always help everybody, you know, if there were two parties. You help one, one's pissed off with you. But now, see, I go on those protests in London, some of them, and generally police are fair, but I've seen some few incidents where I've thought, you shouldn't have done that, you know? Mm -hmm. Anyway, we don't want to get into police corruption else. Uh, yeah, just just one thing. So um, ah, I'll just well, mention well, that um, what what Bitcoin is is Bitcoin economically sustains the world's first ever commercial internet. So if you're a content creator, if you're a music producer, a, mm. a book author, a podcaster, you know, a movie director, anything like that, you upload your data onto the Bitcoin network where you own and control it. Yeah. And so the and the only way you can upload your data onto the Bitcoin network is by is by paying for it in Bitcoin. So you buy Bitcoin in order to use the Bitcoin network and you can you can use the Bitcoin network for all sorts. You can use them for smart contracts, NFT creations, token creations and anything you want. Uploading your own content, literally. So what Bitcoin is, is what the Internet should have been when it was first started. Just reminding people, if this goes out as a little short, we're not talking about BTC. We're talking anymore. We're talking about that. Yeah? Yeah. Because this might be edited. Yeah, that's yeah. all right. Yeah. yeah. So literally, Im imagine, imagine a world now where you are using the internet for the same purposes that you're using it now, but rather than uploading your family where you know, your your wedding videos your precious family holiday snaps you know and the telling people the name of your dog and where you went on holiday and who your neighbors are and where you live and everything like that rather than giving that information away to a corporate server who can then use that digital information data as they please now whenever you upload it to the internet you own and control that data you can share it with whoever you want you can sell it globally if you want to benefit from its sale and distribution. But the fact is you own and con control your data that you upload and nobody can crack it, hack it, alter it, change it or delete it. And it's not susceptible to virus software or cybersecurity hacks. So mm -hmm. really it's what the internet should have been had the ability to commoditize data been around when TCIP was first invented. Mm -hmm. All right. Oh, you are you you are actually you're available to do talks to if there's enough people, aren't they, in a in a hall yeah, or yeah. something? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm yeah. uh yeah, I'm pretty much uh preparing myself for when when this when this when this thing goes bananas, you know. I mean one one of the things that's good about doing talks to small people is that I'm sort of um you know uh, collating my vocabulary so that when yeah. I'm so that when I'm in front of large crowds of people, because believe me, you know, I'm 
it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if we could pack out you know the Leeds Direct Arena. Literally, the, yeah. the demand the demand for this thing is going to go absolutely crazy, and no one knows anything about it. So and the moment you the moment you start saying, "Look, I'm I'm you know I'm going to put a talk on," you know, literally this thing is going to go absolutely insane, absolutely insane. So I when I when I do my talks, I will also need as many other as many people there who can answer questions because I, I can't talk to everybody. I can present. No. And I can give the information, but you know, hopefully, if everybody that I've told about this has bought some BSV, you know, and they're all multi-millionaires already, which means they can jack in their job and be financially free, nice. they can they can they can come along and help. You know what? what yeah, they got well, nothing well, to do. Well, I saw you. Um, there's a couple of things we haven't even mentioned whilst we've still got time. I saw you in a small room. Um two, three months ago. And that's when I started looking into things. Um, and and you said as part of that talk that you wanted all the people to be giving that talk. Yeah? Yeah. Now, I'm not far off being able to do it. It's just I'm frightened of those awkward questions. How do I answer that? And, and another point I've got is, really, we're talking to truth is aren't we you see some of the stuff you come out with in a talk in a room if you're not a truth or if you're not call it awake if you like whatever it's going to alienate people i can put a normal person in a room with you or me and give them both barrels do you know what i mean it's, it's like Give him a bit of that. Give him a bit of that. Small doses. How do you, how do you deal with that? We're still... Liam, are, are you being picked up on this mic now? So you, you, he, he's speaking from a layman's point of view, and he pretty much gets that position I've explained to you about giving them two barrels. I could say, I could try and drag 50 people out of a pub because they like me and they think I'm, I'm a bit zany. Come and hear my talk. And then I'm 20 minutes in and 30 of them think I'm a dickhead and they're fucked off. Yeah, but this is this is the difference. People will people will be economically incentivized to be there. They're like, shit, what am I missing out on? What do I need to know? Literally, this is what I'm saying. We will be we will be able to pack out arenas like that. Yeah, this thing, and I, I've, I've lived through all the previous bull runs, and you know nothing is going to compare to what is coming. And what I'm saying is, you know, the, the, the urgency of getting this information out is huge because people need to understand that fiat currency is securities fraud. Yeah, and that's how, they, and that's how these criminals are getting away with it. You yeah. fix the money, you fix everything. If the money is corrupt, everything else is corrupt. Well, yes. I think most people I meet nowadays are coming to terms with money being traded on trust. Well, I mean, there'll be people that actually do trust it, you know, as a real asset, whatever. I don't mix with those people. So perhaps I mix with biased people or like-minded to some extent. Um, it, what we haven't done, 
for those people now who choose, we don't advise them to, buy into a small amount of BSV at this time of their own free choice. Just they can do their own research, find out for themselves whether they think it's a good investment. When I went looking for it, I couldn't find it on most platforms. Yeah, I did find it. How do they do it? How do they keep it secure? How do they keep it away from the state? We need to cover that a little bit, don't we? I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's pretty simple. Just uh, <clears throat> people need to learn about non-custodial wallets. Non-custodial. That means it's outside of centralised control, I would imagine. Does it? Yeah. yeah. It, it, just means, it just means that the developers do not have custody of it. Mm. So that's why it's that's why it's called non-custodial because the developers they don't have it. Exactly. You yeah. have it. Yeah. But it's not necessarily a physical wallet, is it? It's software. It's software which you own the private keys to. Software that you own the private keys that nobody else can get into. You have the only keys, and nobody can get into that unless you yeah. give the keys away. And there are, that's where you could store it, yeah, uh, because you won't. You see, I've got an app on my, my phone, Kraken, Kraken, Kraken Pro or something. They don't list it. Nobody seems to list it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Very few places. Well, again, um, you know, the fact is, you know, some tiny exchanges probably like list it, but this just simply means that when the demand for this thing pops, the, the I mean, if it's only on really small exchanges and they've only got a very, very small amount of liquidity, the price literally goes absolutely insane. Mm -hmm. Absolutely insane. Because the, the, the liquidity isn't there to, to keep up to what, to basically supply the demand. It's just going to go absolutely insane. Absolutely mm. insane. Right. And hopefully very soon we'll bring these bastards down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're literally, stop you, stopping using their money is huge. Because if you stop using their money, they, they cannot mobilise their resources. That's what it all comes down to. Yeah. It all comes down to the mobilization of resources. If mm. you cannot mobilize your resources, you cannot, you cannot carry out the crimes that you're committing. It's as simple as that. Right, right. I was down in London two weeks ago. I talked to a, a, a guy in the uh, the pen opposite Downing Street. And he's, I says, how long is this going to take? I, well, I asked him how long he'd been there. He'd been there about three min three months. And it was staying till it were over. He said, I says, how long is it going to take? He says, well, we could do it in three days if we all stood together and just didn't use, didn't play their games. Don't use their money. Don't go to work. Don't support their economies in any way. Three days, we'll have them if we all stood together. Yeah, 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 and literally all we've got to do is stop using their currency. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And 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 Bitcoin economically incentivizes people to use it because the value's going up. Mm, 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 mm. And and this 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 is why 
the new world order recognized this, which is why they went to such such extraordinary lengths to corrupt it and try to encourage people not to use it. Mm, mm, mm. Felt threatened by it, didn't they? Felt absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's why um, yeah, if you listen to that Joe Rogan podcast with Peter McCullough, yeah, he says the only thing they got wrong with the year. Initially, they planned it for 2025. Instead, it happened a few years early. You know, How did he know? I haven't heard that podcast, but I've heard it spoken about. How did McCulloch know? Who's McCulloch? Is he is he a doctor and an economist or? Yeah, Pete, Pete, uh, Doctor Peter McCullough is a, yeah, a doctor card- cardiologist. Yeah, um, exposing the you know the, the COVID yeah. vaccines, um, but he was talking about the spas pandemic. Yeah. So the, the, yeah. the spas pandemic was all a, sorts. was a, was a, a simulation of COVID. You know, and he said everything in the simulation was absolutely spot on. The only thing they got wrong was the year, and the, uh, and, and the re- the reason they got the year wrong is because they had to bring it forward due to the scaling of Bitcoin. Because if people start using Bitcoin as a medium of exchange, then they have no power over us. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. They rehearsed all this in uh, just before this bug, whatever it was, this scandemic started, didn't they? Desktop exercise, something or other. Across yeah. the world, it went on for hours and hours, and that was about probably October-ish, 19, before the, then they found, or it was September, October, then they said they'd found this flipping thing in a meat market and we should all be yeah, flipping yeah. frightened. And and they just rehearsed what they were going to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they, they rehearsed this back in 2017. So that's the other one he was referring to, 17. So this, the one I mentioned is a later. Oh, that was a dress rehearsal. Oi, we're going. This is final dress rehearsal, yeah? Yeah, yeah. That concludes part two. Satoshi will return for part three very soon.